Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line as he does every Friday on the show, unless there is a major holiday. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Mike Reyes. He's from CinemaBlend.com, and he does movie stuff with his hands. What's going on, man? Is that why we weren't on last week? I I was going to send you an email about why we didn't have a show last week, but, you know... I, I felt I would wait until today and, and have us, you know, ask you in person. Put you on the spot, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just won't let that one go. Anyways, hopefully, uh, uh, glad to have you back, Mike, as we uh, round out the year of 2022. Um, we were talking earlier today, and uh, I, I said that I didn't want to do another show where it's just the, oh, here's my top five movies of the year, and then you made fun of me saying it's a tried and true method. And Well, anyways, we'll probably do your best five favorite movies of the year or something like that in this. Oh, I was just busting your chops. I don't care. <laughs> movies, man. Like, uh, no, honestly, I, I, I do, I, even though everybody has their top ten lists, I do agree with you in the sense that it's like, I want a different type of list. I don't just want the best list. We have a whole bunch of lists that we're running over at Cinema Blend where it's like movies that were under the radar for the year, movies you probably forgot came out this year, movies we'll still be talking about in ten years. So there's all sorts of like neat stuff like that that we've got going on. Uh, I would like I would read one if it was like the top ten movie moments of the year, the top five movies that failed this year. Well, I know we've got something like best action and best music moments. I think of the year. Okay. I don't know about movies that failed. That'd be Although, a good one. I, it would, and you know, I I'm just gonna flat out say uh, a movie that a lot of people are saying is failing, and I think it. Uh, it's actually a good film, Babylon. Which one's Babylon? Uh, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, uh, Diego Calva. Oh. It's all about early Hollywood. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It is good. It is three hours. Uh, another three-hour movie that's in theaters right now. And if you've already watched Avatar, you definitely have the stomach for this. So I don't want to hear it. It's good. Uh, a couple movies we were going to try and watch. I told you we were going to try and watch Glass Onion uh, on Christmas Eve. And then we realized it yeah. was like a two and a half hour movie or two hours, 17 minutes. I mean, it was it was long. It's like, uh, I don't know if I got that in me. So then we looked at Bullet Train. It's over two hours. And it's like, well, I guess we'll watch some TV and then just go to bed. I'm sorry you passed both of them up because both of them are fantastic. Bullet Train is so much damn fun. That's I, I want to do. I think I'm going to have some time this weekend. Um, we've got uh, another couple days off and stuff. We may try and do it. We've just, you know, what we've been dealing with is uh, our son Cooper. Uh, he's ten months old, and apparently, when a ten-month-old gets to ten months, there's something called ten-month sleep regression. So, like, he wakes up, and you just know you're going to be in his room for about three hours in the middle oh, of the night. Poor buddy. Yeah, he just won't go to sleep. It's just like, dude, and he he had been sleeping so well. Like he may he may cry a little bit in the middle of the night, but then you go and you bank him, and it's fine. But yeah, it's uh, it's been rough yeah. the last couple of weeks, where it's like as soon as you get a chance to go to sleep, you just go to sleep. No, that's understandable. So, How'd the holiday go with the kids? Ah, uh, went very very well. We had a uh, we had a good time. Uh, I was telling you uh, off the air that uh, you know I tried to get into the Christmas spirit with uh, I rewatched uh, the uh, the Christmas. Chronicle. I watched. Uh, we watched uh, the Tim Allen deal. Rewatched Polar Express. Which, by the way, did you happen to see the uh, TikTok stuff with Polar Express? I don't think I did. They started taking the scene where the train is sliding on the ice and putting different yeah. songs with it. Oh no! I need to see this. It's so good. It's like uh, Kickstart by Heart. Uh, you know all these <laughs> Rob Zombie. You know, all this other stuff, it's really, really yeah, funny. Lost, 
Yeah, it's really, really good. Well done. Oh, so nothing like mixing things I love so much. Uh, I'll see if I can find some and send them to you. But uh, very funny stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, got into the Christmas spirit with things. We got uh, we got had the big blizzard blow through uh, Central Iowa last week. So yeah, it was uh, it was a very Christmassy. Tried to watch some stuff. Week. Uh, I was over at my parents for Christmas Day. And we actually watched uh, Christmas Story Christmas with them. And what's funny is the night before that, my mother-in-law came over and we watched it with her then, too. And <laughs> it honestly, it, no, it, it seriously holds up. I think it, it is going to be, at least for, I mean, we'll see how, how it does over the years. But I, st- I think as of now, it is still, it pairs really well because we went and just watched the original right afterward. And it, it worked so well, sort of noticing all the, the different callbacks and references that they did have in there, even some of the really subtle ones and speaking of christmas chronicles you have the director of the first christmas chronicles doing christmas story christmas oh really i didn't know that yep that was clay cadis and uh yeah it's i mean folks if you haven't seen a christmas story christmas it's still not too late there's still some christmas uh there's still some different orthodoxy holidays that celebrate christmas you've got three kings day uh trying to think of what other holidays there are that do that same sort of thing but you know it's it's basically an unwritten rule you got till the end of the year to, to cram in some more christmas movies we need to we have a, we were gonna watch a christmas story christmas but uh we were kind of waiting for steph's folks to get in town so we'd have something to do while they were there and they didn't end up coming until christmas day and we didn't have as much time as we thought so anyways you know you know what movie we were watching the other night that really got me into the Christmas spirit? What? John Wick 2. I mean, Violent Night does it, it, <laughs> it kind of tapping that same energy. So I can't fault you. And folks, just a quick reminder, if you want to watch Violent Night, it is now available on PVOD to stream. I highly recommend it because, it, it look, even if you're not, if you're just looking for an ass-kicking delight, it's there. I, I cannot hype that enough uh, go back to a christmas story real quick the very ending of the movie where they're sitting around and like there's the snowstorm and they're having some wine and stuff like that's my dream christmas that really is like just a wonderful moment and like you you, you really don't realize it as a kid but then you go back and that, that's another reason why that movie and christmas story christmas are so good because you look at both of those films as an adult and as a kid you get something totally different and it works both ways. Absolutely. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line uh, to talk about movies. Are, real quick, before we kind of keep this conversation going, are there any new movies coming out this week? I know last time we talked, Avatar came out, Puss in Boots came out. I'm trying to think, uh, uh, The Whale came out. Didn't you uh, say you had some thoughts on that at one point? Oh, do I have thoughts on The Whale? Okay. Oh, boy. I don't um, that film is garbage. Really? You were really high on this. That that film is garbage, and I do not. Bl- I, I look Brendan Fraser, the Brendan Fraser, and the entire cast because you've got Hong Chow in there, you've got uh, Sadie Sink, uh, Ty Simpkins, the young boy from Jurassic. One of the young boys from Jurassic World is in there. Uh, this is just a movie that is yelling at you in all caps with its message and so many performances and just uh, if i have to if i have to see that same clip of brendan fraser saying people are amazing one more time so help me i will resurrect a mummy and it's not it's not it's not his fault and he does well with what he's given but this story samuel d hunter wrote this play 
and then wrote the screenplay. And he's like, this is an invitation to empathy. This is an invitation to, you know, feel, I guess. And it's like, all I felt was contempt for this because it's lazy, hallmark, internet meme. This is another movie that belongs on a Ray Dunn mug. Well, like, I, this... are amazing. It's like, this, this went a completely different direction than I thought it was going to go. Me too. Me the f*** too. Because I was really hoping... That this was good. Like, I, I kept hearing all this great stuff about Brendan Fraser's performance, and it's like, damn it, I missed it at Toronto. I need to go see this movie as soon as possible. <laughs> and then went to that first screening and then just sat there rolling my eyes so hard that I had to have my vision checked the next day. Wow. I uh, When we talked about this a few weeks ago, it seemed like everybody was really excited about it. And I rem- if I remember right, you seem to be really excited about it. I was excited about it because I'm still a huge Brent. I'm a huge Brendan Fraser fan. And I love the fact that this man is, is on a, a resurgence tour. And I, I still need to watch the interview he did for Variety because they do that Actors on Actors series. And it was him and uh, Adam Sandler. And that is a pairing that I missed because, you know, they, they did Airheads way yeah. back when. And I think that, that comes up in the uh, I think that comes up in the video. And just the, the clips that I've seen of the two of them are both heartwarming, but also really funny, like Sandler being Sandler. Like he talks to talks to Brendan Fraser about the whale. And he's like, now that there's this movie everyone's been seeing. Have you seen the whale? And then Brendan Fraser just laughs. He's like, yes, I've seen the whale. <laughs> That's really good. Like, I really do enjoy that they do these series around award season, although that's also the same series that gave us uh, Taylor Swift talking with Martin McDonough. Which, by the way, uh, speaking of Martin McDonough, Banshees of Inishirin is really good. Okay. Mike Rice from CinemaBlend.com joining me. Joining me on the line to talk about movies and such. There is no plan today, as you can uh, possibly uh, figure out by the way the conversation has gone over the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, where are we going next, Mike? Pretty much fun. I'll still, you know what? I'm still going to continue. Uh, Banshee's a minute sharing is really good. Uh, Martin McDonough, you might know him for movies like In Bruges, uh, Seven Psychopaths. Most recently, he did uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. This is Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson being paired together again after In Bruges. And it's about a pair of friends that just all of a sudden stop being friends. Like, one friend stops being friends with the other, and he really doesn't know why. And it's such a... It, 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 what's funny about it is Martin McDonough is really good for laugh-out-loud sort of profane comedy. And this feels like he dialed back on that, but dialed up more of his humanity. And seeing these two play, play these roles out, is, it's great to see Colin Farrell and, or Brendan Gleeson in anything. But to see them working together again is is a thrill. Who else was there? Um, oh, Barry Keogh. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. The, the Joker from the new Batman movie. He is heartbreakingly good in this. Like, he has this role that in any other movie, he's probably just the annoying young tryhard who wants to be friends and wants to sort of keep up with the, the older guys in the, in the village. But they don't play it like that. Like, he's played with such sincerity, and he really is looking for a friend, but he's not just this dumb tryhard. And then Terry Condon is also fantastic as Colin Farrell's sister. Like, there's just a lot of really great performances. And it's almost, I want to say it's almost Cullen Brothers-esque because there's a little bit of the supernatural mixed in there. But... It's very, very human, but it's not, it's the antithesis of the whale. It's not hitting you over the head with message, message, message. It's actually (laughs) fun, but it's also very serious and, you know, close to the heart.
You know, that's a conversation that could be really interesting. There's a lot of movies out there that they want to get a message across, and if they didn't just blast you over the noggin with it, they would probably do a, or resonate more. Does that make sense? Oh, like Avatar. Yeah, I guess. I, I haven't seen Avatar 2 yet, Which, so but I remember Avatar it, 1, so yeah. second verse name is the first. It does, it, 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 did we talk about Avatar on the show? We did, because uh, your line was, it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm I'm still proud of uh, the Iraq War fought by the Rainforest Cafe and Lockheed Martin. Yes, no, you've uh, I I've seen the tattoo you got of that. So, but that's definitely an- that's another case where the same messages are sort of being like hammered in, and at some points it's fun, but at some points it's like I, I get it, sky people bad. <laughs> Sky people, <laughs> bad. Mm. I see you. Touch the face. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, I saw Tar yesterday. Tar. Uh, Kate Blanchett's movie. It's uh, Kate Blanchett's latest movie that's also getting a lot of attention, where she plays a classical conductor. Who I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say she gets put through the week of hell or like a couple days of hell. Like the less you go into this knowing the better because it just kind of unfolds in its own pace. But Kate Blanchett continues to be an actor that I am in awe of. Like this is a movie that is very dialogue and character driven. There's not a lot of fast editing, and it's a lot of the camera knows to sit and watch Kate Blanchett giving this speech or giving direction to the orchestra. And things just slowly start to unravel for this woman. And it, it is just, you know, it's a treat to watch Kate Blanchett work. Awesome. And I'm just going to say, if you're a huge fan of hers, watch it. I was going to say, she's she's been in a lot of different stuff and done a lot of different things. Oh, yeah, she's in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like, she's the voice of uh, Spacciatura, the, the evil monkey. Didn't she do... Um... Constantine? No, that's Tilda Swinton. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Um, because uh, she also did yeah, some, uh, Thor Ragnarok. I'm looking through her. Yeah, she was Nightmare Alley, the... the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But then she Eyes does wide stuff like shut. talented Mr. Ripley or talk. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. Huh. She, she was a mysterious woman, uncredited voice. Interesting. Yeah. She's Lord yeah. of the Rings, it's, so she's a big nerd. Of, yeah, she's just... They, you you can call them character actors, but I almost want to call them buffet actors because they sample from everything. Yeah, and it's all just so wonderful with them. Like I love that she she's done Ragnarok, she's done Lord of the Rings, but she did Indiana Tar, Jones, she did talented Mr. Ripley. Oh yes, Irina Spalko from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which well, she was one of the better parts of that movie. Uh, the Aviator. I f-ing love the Aviator. I do too. Twenty. I think that we're coming up. I think we're coming up on twenty years, either next year or two thousand four. Uh, two thousand next year. Twenty twenty four will be twenty years. Well, I'll I'll plan it out accordingly because I. Oh man, that was another one where it hit theaters and people are like, "Oh, it's so long." It's like first of all, King Kong is in theaters right now too, and that's longer. Second of all. It shouldn't matter how long a movie is so long as it earns the running time and is good. And that was The Aviator. Did I ever tell you the uh, scene from the King Kong movie that really, really bothered me? I don't know if you did, but I would not mind hearing again just in case. The uh, scene where they get dumped in that pit and the bugs start attacking and that one like two uh-huh. bug like grabs that guy by the top of his head and starts swallowing him whole. Yeah. I don't know why that was so weird to me. 
but like I get the heebie-jeebies whenever I see that scene. Oh, literally, your description pretty much summed it up. It's just the the, the shape of the bug and then the way it's eating a person. It's, it's all just so unnatural. And only in the way that Peter Jackson can depict it. And the way the guy's arms are kind of like just moving, trying to like get away, but it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, ugh, oh, man. So anyways, movies, man. Yeah, I know. Mike Ray from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line to talk about movies. Uh, as we do kind of uh, uh, get to some of the uh, best ones of the year, I finally saw what I put this up on our Facebook account the other day asking, you know, what uh, people's favorite movies uh, of the year was and Top Gun Maverick was the overwhelming winner on it. I finally watched it uh, last week. And what'd you think? It was all right. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was like it's a good movie, but I didn't. I I didn't understand the leap that some people made with like how good they thought it was. You know what I'm saying? I think part of it may have actually been the theatrical experience because I know I saw this in Dolby and it was just gorgeous like the sound on that thing was amazing that whole third act is absolute dynamite but i can i can kind of see if someone's like streaming it at home they may not get as much of the full effect like i I said that might be part of it i just didn't think it was like as i don't know everybody had this such high opinion of it and i went in i I liked it i just it's basically star wars at one point but a little bit of star wars a little bit of mission impossible a little bit of top gun um, the uh, I did do I was taught when we were talking off the air uh, uh, earlier today I was talking about how I was wondering why they used F-18s in it I did a little research because it was shocking to me of why in a movie that's set in modern times that they would use F-18s to do this mission when F, there's like the F-22 there's you know uh, the F-22 Raptor there's uh, some other stuff but anyways and I don't quote me on this. I looked up. Uh, I just put why did they use F-18s in Top Gun? And uh, a Reddit channel said that it's because it's the Navy, and the Navy doesn't use F-22s because it's not designed to go huh. off of a ship. That makes sense. So I, again, I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, that I, I don't know. So, but yeah, uh, again, I yeah, I thought so it was fine. I I will tell you this. Yeah. I skipped the the football scene. And then uh, I skipped the very, like, when uh, the, the lady shows up, I was just like, ah, screw it. They're going to make out and be in love. <laughs> and that's where I ended my experience. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. Yeah, well, but you you've got- yourself on this one. You've got, what? I mean, I just, I, they successfully completed the mission and she what? showed I up. And skipped a couple scenes. Big deal. Oh come on! It, the 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 what's it called? The uh, the football scene. I mean, they wanted to recreate the volleyball thing, but they also don't needed to do a team building thing. So after one game of beach football, where they're both playing offense and defense at the same time, they're now a team. Okay. Yeah. They still had their issues, but you know they got a little closer as a team. It's it's plus the whole movie. Don't don't talk. Don't don't don't. Just don't, okay? I just skipped that part. I had to watch Elvis this morning. <laughs> and I didn't skip any part of Elvis. Nobody forced you and to watch Elvis. And a and a half. I said I had to watch Elvis. Why? Actually, no. It's all these people that are saying, uh, uh, because of all these people that are like, oh, Austin Butler, he's so going to get nominated. And oh, blah, blah, blah. And there's like legitimately a push behind this movie. It's like, fine. I need to keep keep up with this. And 
see what's going on. It, isn't it weird? Now, this is a point of conversation here. Isn't it weird when you see a movie that like people just would rip their own heart out for? They love this thing. And you look at it, you're like, eh, it's okay. Isn't that weird? It's It feels so weird. It's like the whole Emperor's New Clothes sort of thing where it's like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, this is bad. No, you should, no. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just one of those. It's like it, it. These are two perfect examples. A lot of people really liked Elvis. A lot of people love Top Gun. I was like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's you know that that's just that's how it goes. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line with me right now. And again, going back to the why they used F-18s, I don't know for sure that that's the reason or not. It sounded pretty legit, uh, but I could be completely off. I don't know. I don't. I, it's okay. I don't think that. I don't think the Department of Defense is going to come after you for for an inaccurate theory. I did read one thing that they were like uh, the military would not let Tom Cruise fly one of the F-18s as no matter how much he yelled uh, because they were like it's a seventy seventy million dollars. It's half the budget of the movie yeah. is one of the planes. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how good you are at stunts. This isn't jumping a bike off of a ramp. And and pulling the parachute. This is a little more. This this needs to go back to its home afterwards. Yeah. Anyways, uh, as we do look to wrap up this week, we should probably do the uh, ceremonial. What was the best movie or whatnot? Best movie and worst movie of this year, Mike. I can't even begin to think of what the worst one is, but I think the best <laughs> movie of the year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Which one is that? Uh, Michelle Yeoh kind of goes through the multiverse uh, after her. Okay, I'm, it, I'm, it's, 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 that's that's basically all you need to know. Michelle Yeoh goes through the multiverse. A really fun, outrageous movie, especially in a time when comic book franchises are all doing multiverse stuff right now. This is just a fresh take on that, but it was also very touching, and it it, it it's something that really stuck with me. That really felt like I I got some personal enrichment out of it. Okay, I that's uh, that was from March of this year. Looks like yeah. And it also just has some really like drop dead funny stuff going on throughout it. Like there's there's a parody of a certain Disney movie that pops up in one of the multiverses that is absolutely hysterical. And then when you read deeper into the story behind it and who they got to voice one of the characters, it makes it even funnier. Um, I'm kind of looking. I just put in a just a general search of uh, worst movies of 2022. Uh, Morbius popped up. I would. Morbius is mid. If you say Morbius is one of the worst movies of the year and you put it high up on the list, then you didn't see enough movies this year. I really didn't Morbius see enough movies. Morbius was a train wreck, but it still had fun. Oh, really? You just like what's his name uh, from Doctor Who in that. Matt Smith is hysterical in it. Matt Smith is chewing f- scenery <laughs> while Jared Little's like, but I'm cursed. I have to drink blood and I, I am a hero. And then Matt Smith is just friggin'. What if Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3 was actually fun? Okay, I get you. Uh, just to the a couple... point where he gets a damn sequence. Uh, some of the other movies that are popping up, Amsterdam. I still have not seen it. Okay. Uh, Minions Rise of Gru. That was one of the worst movies, yes. Firestarter. actually liked that one. 3,000 Years of Longing. I would say it was disjointed, but it wasn't one of the worst movies. That's, that's, that's shameful. I'm sorry. That was not one of the worst movies of the year. I think it disappeared up its own ass a little bit and needed to be a little more structured, but 
Actually, no, I take back the disappeared up its own ass bit. No, it needed a little more structure. But when you've got a movie where Idris Elba is telling Tilda Swinton gin stories, it's there's still worth in there. I'm sorry. Uh, a couple of the other ones, uh, The Bubble, Spiderhead. That was – okay, Spiderhead was good. Spiderhead may have had huge ambitions and did, may not I, – I, I like Spiderhead if only for Chris Hemsworth playing douchey tech bro. The Bubble was – God awful though. I will like that started with promise, but then Judd Apatow did it again where it's like, I've got this funny comedy that could might be a tight hour and a half. I'm just gonna extend it for two and a half hours and not have an ending. And then I'm gonna make a joke about not having an ending because that's such a Hollywood thing. Um boy the the uh New York Post didn't pull any punches here. For which film? Uh they had an article, uh Morbius and Black Adam tortured audiences and other 2022 movie abominations that was released on the 23rd. Black Adam was pretty dismal. I mean, not a total, not a, not a, uh, I mean, there was some stuff that I liked about it, but that, that was pretty much all hype and no action. Uh, Secrets of Dumbledore were on this uh, dude's list and uh, Jurassic World Dominion. I genuinely like both of them. Uh, I liked Dominion more, but I thought Secrets of Dumbledore started to do things better than Crimes of Grindelwald did. Like, it started to move back towards, hey, fun Harry Potter. But who knows if we'll ever see another one of those movies. Uh, this was written by Johnny Olakoninsky. Olakoninsky. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, he wrote the uh, wrote the articles. So. Subjective. Hmm. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me. Out of all those movies that I kind of mentioned, what one would you say was the worst? Elvis? Probably Minions, because I was... Minions. Minions? Yeah, you're not a Minions guy. Minions. I, you know what? I liked the first two Despicable Me's, and then when they really started leaning hard into the Minions, and then we became your mom's favorite Facebook meme, and your aunt's favorite Facebook <laughs> meme, and your random friend who likes stupid life advice or emo memes Facebook meme, then it became a damn problem. And then... Illumination just decided we're going to make this our identity and every Illumination movie is going to have those annoying little shits in front of it. And hey, you're seeing Jurassic World Dominion in theaters? That's cool. Come back for Minions in a month. We're going to do a little short to remind you. Don't worry. We're going to remind you. What do you think was one of the bigger stories of 2022 when it came to movies? Uh, boy, if I you don't know. Boy, if you went off the top but of your head, what do you think? I want to say the DC film shakeup especially in the, the latter half of the year when you've got Black Adam coming out. Dwayne Johnson apparently forces Warner Brothers' hands to have the Superman cameo, and then Henry Cavill's no longer Superman, and all this other business is happening. Well, you saw like, The Rock stuff this was... week, right? Well, I saw that it's like, well, the Black Adam is not their next immediate chapter, but we're talking about what we're going to do in the future, and he, he might come back. Might. <laughs> he might come back, you know. It's it's still good. It's still good. That, it's only airborne. It's still good. That's just James Gunn not wanting the rock to break him in half. But um yeah, I would probably put those in there. Also Avatar too, and just the fact that obviously it's making money, but it it while it did underperform a little, you've still got all these people that are like, Don't bet against James Cameron and oh, there were these people that thought it was only gonna make a hundred thirty million dollars and 
you've got both sides of that aisle where it's like, oh, don't bet against Jimmy Cam's. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then other people that are like, this is not going to be the biggest thing ever. Who asked for this? It's like uh, 20th Century Fox's shareholders, <laughs> uh, 20th Century Studio shareholders, was probably a reason Disney bought the company because they also went in on that themed part of Animal Kingdom. Uh, James Cameron wanted this and has been filming this for the last couple of years. So it's not like... Disney had to invest all that much since they technically acquired it, but also it is something that fans have been waiting for for almost a decade, so that's been something that has been interesting and will continue to be interesting to follow. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Will Smith. Not giving Glass Onion more than a... uh, Well, yes. That that goes without saying. The Will Smith uh, Oscar debacle, the slap. I know uh, Chris Rock has a, a Netflix special set for next year. I don't know if that's going to be his big, I'm going to talk about it special, but you know people are going to tune in as if it is. Yeah. No, they absolutely will. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line to talk about movies and stuff. As we do look to uh, 2023, Ant-Man and the Wasp, but that'll be coming out. I'm just kind of going through like you know stuff that's coming out that catches my eye. Cocaine Bear, yeah. Creed 3, uh, Shazam, John Wick, that'll be cool. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, I don't know what to make, make of. That looks like so much fun. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, Guardians... Fast 10 or Fast X, whatever it is, Little Mermaid. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is probably the one I'm looking most forward to, if I was going to tell you Oh, I'm so excited for that. Uh, I mean, and that's up there with Indiana Jones or doing another... Is there another Mission Impossible coming out? Yes. Oh, both of those look great. And there's, a you know, there's, of course, a ton of other movies. Oh, you're Dune Part 2. Yeah, can't wait for Dune Part 2, because Dune Part 1 was a lot of fun. No, it wasn't. Well, I'm sorry that you're wrong, but that's okay. Hey, that is a movie I watched specifically <laughs> for you, and you want to talk about forcing your way through something? That was absolutely what it was for me. <laughs> you could have stopped at any time. Don't you put this on me. No, no, no. That was one of those things where it's like, I'm doing this for Mike so we can talk about it. <laughs> I did that for you. Well, just going to be even better next year because I'm hoping they start to get into the really weird stuff. It's not. It is weird. Oh, it gets weirder. Oh, much, much weirder. You, you, and my buddy Sabo need to hang out. We need almost need to bring him on for uh, Dune talk because he was he's really into Dune. Yeah, I like. I'm 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 not into it in the in the sense that I'm like dyed in the wool, read the source material, but I just really dug that first movie. Oh, you guys are. F- Nerds for Dune. <laughs> oh, do you a Trek nerd? Yeah, yeah. And Star Trek Picard is coming out here in February, and I can't wait. Oh, that's that's gonna be so bittersweet because I can just imagine people losing it over that basically going next gen going away again. Yeah, but you know what? It, it, there's some question on whether or not it's gonna go away, and this is completely off. I was rounding out to the uh, end of this thing, but we might as well keep going at this point. <laughs> Uh, th- there's been some thoughts on whether or not they may do more with the next generation crew. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, there's... That almost sounds like they would be killing off the card. Yeah, uh, there, there's been story uh, stories of a crossover uh, between like uh, Strange New Worlds, Discovering Picard. Uh, there's been uh, I saw some stuff about uh, whether or not there might be another next generation movie. Yeah, there's been a, some stuff out there where it's like, yeah, it's the end of Picard, but 
it's is it is it kind of in the vein of the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's like, no, there's only going to be one season of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then he, you know, of course, he turns into Captain America, and it's probably going to keep going. Yeah. So I don't know. Like maybe Riker takes over or something. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a Riker show. Why the hell not? Like for as many, if if the if the next gen crew wants to keep going, and if Patrick Stewart wants to to say goodbye, that's that's perfectly valid. No, I was just gonna say. Speaking of uh, the Star Trek stuff, you haven't watched any of the other stuff on uh, Paramount, right? No, I I don't have my I don't have a subscription right now. Okay. Uh, there was just some interesting stuff from Prodigy uh, here in the last couple weeks. Really? That's the one with uh, uh, oh, what's her name? That's that does the Catherine show with Janeway. Yeah, yeah with Janeway and uh, mm-hmm. some of the Voyager Voyager crew. So yeah, no, I'm 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 looking forward to jumping into more of that stuff. It's just a matter of renewing Paramount, and then like the first thing I'm probably going to do is there's a couple movies from this year I want to catch up on. There was something else on Paramount that just Smi- came out that I was going to watch. Because they have Smile on there, which I keep hearing is a good horror movie. And then they've got Confess Fletch, which is John Hamm doing the Fletch character. Oh, I forgot about that. That's streaming on Paramount Plus right now. By the and way. I just like the fact that John Hamm and uh, John Slattery are re- reunited. Uh, by the way, and Paramount Plus does not sponsor us in any shape or form, but they have a really nice platform. They do. I still remember in the beginning when they didn't have a, uh, a viewing queue or a viewing list that you could put things on, but they've changed. Yeah, I need to watch 1923. We haven't got to that yet. I've been hearing great stuff about Tulsa King with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I've heard that too. I just need to get in the Yellowstone period because I want to watch 1923 Indiana Jones fights James Bond over some land. There was, uh, but there was another, there was a movie that they just added that, and it wasn't Top Gun, but I saw it when we were getting ready for Top Gun, and I was like, oh, I need to watch that. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Nobody cares right now. So anyways, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. As we wrap up today, what would you like to say, do, or in this, or what do you want to do? Excuse me. Wow, I'm supposed to follow that. Yeah, it wasn't a big. It was just one of those uh, ones that it was sitting in the back. There was nothing I could do. Yeah, you, you were just following orders. I get it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 2022 certainly has been interesting. 2023 looks like it's. We might just be going more towards theatrical exclusives. I would. I'm very curious to see what streaming is going to be like in the next year, especially when you've got something like Top Gun, where it's so that movie changed the pace for everything. That came out, that movie started its run in May. It came back to theaters twice. It was one of the now three movies that has cracked a billion. I think it was the first movie of the year to crack a billion. Not even a Marvel movie did that this year. And they were able to push streaming for as lo- that long. I'm very curious to see how that affects other movies going forward. Or if we're going to, if we really are going to see the streaming model sort of, put, if we're going to see pushback against that. Yeah, I don't know. I, the streaming thing, I love the streaming thing. I, I know the theater experience is a big deal, and we've had that conversation in the past, but I just, I really like streaming stuff. I, you know, I don't mind having streaming. Like, I don't mind having a quicker window to streaming. But of course, you know, we're, we're still going to have the, the, a little bit of a delay where it goes yeah. to PVOD first. We have to pay $20 to rent it. And then it goes down to six dollars to rent it, and then it goes to streaming somewhere. But I like having a quicker window because, as much as I love going to the movies, I also like to stay current. And if I can pick and choose what I see, if I can get more movies in towards the end of the year with this sort of thing in place, I'm all for it. But I still do like 
going to the movies and getting popcorn and sitting in a seat with like a really fantastic sound system. I just want warm popcorn again. Is that asking too much? Warm popcorn with real butter, man. Yeah. Like that's the, the theaters that I go to around here have real butter. I just, I get so tired of the self-serve stuff, you know, like where they got just the, cause it's always dirty and it's always like, you know, salt and crap all over the napkins and straw wrappers. And cause people are slobs. It's not necessarily all the movie theaters fault, but I just, every time I get popcorn at a movie theater now, it's cold, it's dry, and it's a little stale. You, what I would pay for a really good bag of popcorn. I know. I showed, I went to an indie theater yesterday to see a movie, and I got to, like, they had, the popcorn was fresh when I was there. And then they had the real butter. And that, mm-hmm. and then plus the prices there were very competitive compared to your big chain theaters. Like, it was a couple of bucks cheaper. So I just went with the large. Cause it's like, you know what? I haven't had lunch today. It's only, it's a, it's cheaper here. I'm doing it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, like I said, the, what, what I would pay for a really good bag of popcorn. Like if I went to any one of the chains around the central Iowa area here and had popcorn, but I knew that it was going to be a really good bag of popcorn. I would pay probably 20 bucks, 20 or 30. Oh, that's no, that's no, way too much. It's already it's already way too much. That's how long it's been since I've had really good movie popcorn. Yeah, and then they're gonna do it, and then you're gonna bitch because it's that that's the standard, and it's like, why is popcorn so expensive? I'm getting into my 40s, and I can start to bitch about this type of stuff. People just need to get it right for the price they're paying. No question. If you're gonna make me pay sixteen dollars for a large popcorn and a soda, make it a good popcorn. Make sure the 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 syrup in that machine is fresh. It's Mike Ranch from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week to talk about movies. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode today, Mike. I hope you enjoyed it, and as always, thank you so much for the time you put into this. I really appreciate it, and I can't wait till 2023. Sir, thank you for having me on. Happy New Year to you. I cannot wait to get back to this.